and welcome to another episode of the Tai Chi Notebook Podcast. Hope you're doing well and surviving 2023. I'm your host, Graham Barlow, and this is the podcast where we get to talk about Tai Chi, martial arts, and pretty much anything I want to. So, this episode is going to be a bit different because I haven't got a guest. It's just me, and I'm going to talk to you about one of my favourite pieces of Tai Chi writing, which is called the Tai Chi Classic. I'll discuss a translation of this work that's a bit of a hodgepodge of different translations I've got that I've melded into something I prefer. Now, I'm doing this in one take, so my interpretation of the lines as I go through is very much what I thought at the time that I spoke to you. So, it doesn't mean that other alternative interpretations are invalid, Or it doesn't mean that I wouldn't have said something different if I'd recorded this the next day. It was just the way it struck me at the time. I don't think there's anything wrong with that either. It's a a good way to treat martial art classic literature. You, You read it in the moment and whatever you get out of it at that time is whatever you get out of it at that time. So hopefully you'll enjoy what I've done. Don't get too worried if you disagree with something I've said. I probably would disagree with something I said on a different day as well. So... It's not worth getting upset about. Anyway, here it is, and I hope you enjoy it. Okay. The Tai Chi Classic. Attributed to Chan Sen Feng. Of course, Chan Sen Feng was an immortal Taoist, so, I mean, really, he should still be alive. Um, But this document is probably either a collection of older sayings or... It's written by one of the Wu brothers. We don't really know. But it's attributed to the Taoist immortal. So we'll go with that for now. So this is one of the documents known as the Tai Chi Classics, which believe succinctly enough describe the martial art of Tai Chi Chuan. So let's have a look through this particular document. So it starts with the phrase... In motion, the whole body should be light and agile, with all the parts linked as if threaded together. See, that's an interesting interesting thing for Tai Chi, is most people don't consider Tai Chi to be light and agile. Um, it's, you know, it's that thing that old people do in the park. It's not something you'd associate with younger people and being light and agile. So you have to ask what that means. Also in the context of rooting, there's a lot of talk about rooting and being sunk down in Tai Chi. And this sounds kind of like the opposite, doesn't it? So being light and agile. It's, um, it's more to do with still being heavy, but having that sort of sense of um, mobility that goes with it. So you're not heavy in a, in a kind of an inert way, like when when you sort of collapse on the sofa and can't move. It's more like you don't feel like you're heavy as you move, you feel like you're light. Um, And part of the training of Tai Chi is to get a light feeling. It's to do with the the head point being lifted up and the back being raised. Now those two things together kind of give you the feeling of like you're hooked onto the sky. (laughs) It's, It's quite a nice way to think about it. In my Tai Chi lineage, there, there's, a, there's particular practices to do with um, being light, particular Qi Kung exercise where you focus on a point in the back, 
Um, and it's the same point that you would raise the back from. So those two things are, that's what it means to raise the back. And then we, we had these stepping exercises where you, you would do the form with heavy weights on your feet. Um, and then you do the form without heavy weights on your feet. You know, like if you do it with the weights on for a month and then you do the weights off for a month, but you'd wear the weights in your normal day-to-day -day life. So you, when you took them off, you felt really light and that's all part of the lightness training. And I think in the olden days in China, they used to do it on terracotta pots where you'd, uh, you'd walk on them um, to get this kind of feeling of lightness. But that's all part of the training in a Tai Chi system. And then it says, with all parts of the body linked as if threaded together. Now that threading together is an idea that you find in the Shingi classics as well. You know, threading everything together, everything's connected. It's almost like a, like a piece of thread going through material, connecting it all together. And um, I mean, later on in the Tai Chi classics, one of them talks about the nine joints and threading a needle through the nine joints. And it's, it's kind of all the same imagery of threading. But I, I guess what it's talking about really is using the whole body as a unit, isn't it? So using the body together rather than isolated sections, the whole body is being used as one, as one thing. And stiffness is generally the problem. Stiffness in the body prevents you from moving smoothly. Where are the main areas of stiffness? In Tai Chi, the ones you want to look out for are the shoulders and the lower back, especially the lower back, because we don't really tend to notice that we can tense our lower backs. You notice the shoulders tense because you move your arms and it doesn't feel like it's all flowing as effortlessly as it should. But your lower back, either we get so used to sitting in bad positions or generally just walking around with a sort of a tense lower back, either the butt sticking out or, or too far in is the other you know, problem area. You, want, you kind of want to just have a relaxed lower back so everything's kind of open in that area. And that's something you can practice when you're pushing a trolley around Asda, you know, it's, or Walmart if you're in America. It's, it's something that we can work on every time we stand. Just check that area. Are we holding tension there? So um, let's move on to the next couple of lines. The chi should be activated, the mind should be internally gathered. Now I've used the word activated there. Um, I think a lot of the translations say aroused or excited, but that just kind of sounds a bit odd. Kind of given the idea that you can that chi is something you can turn on and off, <laughs> which is um, a bit of a weird idea. I mean, there's there's two ways to think about chi, and they they get intermingled in Tai Chi. So for a start, you've got chi the in, you know in the Chinese medicine way of thinking about it, acupuncture way of thinking about it as something that flows around um, and the flow can be strong or weak and all that kind of stuff. And then you've got chi in the more martial arts sense which is uh, to do with strength. You know, like if, if you have a strong grip you've got strong chi. And, and, and those two ideas tend to get mixed up a lot, especially in um, something like Tai Chi that has that sort of connection to the world of uh, Qigong and things like that. So when it's saying that Qi should be activated, it's meaning the more martial arts sense of the word Qi, which is about uh, the conditioning of the, the body. 
and to do with strength. And it's saying that you know you should be using Dantian-driven movement rather than isolated muscular movement. So you're developing that sort of conditioning that that you that you find in Chinese martial arts. And that second line, the mind should be internally gathered. Quite often it says Shen there, which is kind of roughly equivalent to spirit. But I think mind is a better way of saying that because if you say your mind should be gathered, you, you get the idea of what it means. If you say your spirit should be gathered, it could mean anything. But if you, what it's saying is you should be concentrating on what you're doing now, not thinking about other things. Your mind is on the job. So you're paying attention to what's going on. Calm, focused... The mind isn't wandering or becoming distracted. So you could look at those two lines together as saying in line Tai Chi Chuan, we, we move the body in an internal way. And to do that, we need to use the mind to keep it on what we're doing rather than letting it wander around. So, moving on. The posture should be rounded and without defect, without deviations from the proper alignment. In motion, your form should be continuous without starts and stops. So there's two big ideas there, postures rounded and then when you move, you move continuously. Now those two things are the the first two things my Tai Chi teacher taught me about Tai Chi. Once you got the basic form, the next step was to make it round. You round out the postures and you achieve that by doing things like drooping the elbow, rounding the shoulders, keeping the head up. That produces a sort of roundness in the posture. The second part of it is to move from the, the centre. The way to move in Tai Chi is as if you're a kind of a sphere. So you, the sphere has a centre and the centre is the Dantian. So you want to make all the movements kind of circle around that point. There are no straight lines at all in Tai Chi. Everything needs to be from that centre. And the second part there is moving continuously. Now that sounds easy enough until you actually try to do it <laughs> it's very easy to speed up to slow down to stop in Tai Chi but there are no stops you learn a, a series of separate movements but really Tai Chi is one movement from start to end so it's making the whole form one movement think of it like a river flowing within a river flowing there are bits of the river that move faster than other bits but the whole thing is continually moving and it's like that with the Tai Chi form. There are parts of it that have certain speeds. There are certain movements that require quickness as opposed to moving them slowly. And there are certain other movements that work better slightly slower. But we get to that later. First, the first thing we have to do is to move at an even rate through the whole thing. This is particularly variations of Yang style. So Wu style, Yang style. Not so much the Chen style because they have that burst of energy and quick movements but in the yang styles then you want to be moving at a continuous rate and it's a uh, one of the nice uh, stories i heard was if you're drawing silk out of a cocoon you want to draw it at a, a continuous rate if you speed up it snaps and if you go too slow it kind of droops down it's um not that i've ever done this but <laughs> i think it's quite a good analogy to get the idea of just moving at a continuous rate and once you start to do that, it becomes obvious that you have to consider coordinating the body. So shoulders and hips need to be moving together, elbows and knees need to be moving together, 
and wrists and ankles. And those three things, which are the three external harmonies, can be considered at this point because you're moving at a continuous rate. It's quite easy to isolate them and work out how those coordination should be happening. And you need these times when you're training. You need a, like a dedicated time, like a few months, where you're just focusing on that one thing, getting it all the way through the form so that all the parts have the, the good coordination. So let's move on to the next section. Uh, now, this is the famous one. The gin should be rooted in the feet, generated from the legs, controlled by the waist, and expressed through the fingers. So this is the classic statement you see quoted time and time again about how to issue power in Tai Chi Chuan. Now, it's all there. It's, it's, it's saying it quite simply. There's nothing complicated about this. Rooted in the feet, generated from the legs, controlled by the waist, and expressed through the fingers. Now, obviously, he's not talking about kicking here. This is talking about like a push or a punch or a strike of some kind with the hand. In Tai Chi, we use the ground force, which, you know, is the jin. This is the power of the earth expressed through your relaxed body into the target. And the, the part of you that's nearest the earth is, is your feet. So that's where it's rooted. It's rooted in the feet. Generated by the legs, controlled by the waist. So it's introducing that idea of the legs and the waist, or Dantian area, being the things that drive everything in Tai Chi. So rather than using your arms to do things, you're very much using your legs. So it's almost like boxing with the legs, you know. The arms are the conduits of the power, not the generators. That's why it says expressed through the fingers. There's no mention of shoulders. There's no mention of arms. They're just the things on the end of the driving unit of Tai Chi, which is this legs, waist, and the ground. The next part, the classic, goes on to talk about these things a bit, a bit more. It says, the feet, the legs, and the waist should act together as an integrated whole, so that while advancing or withdrawing, one can take the opportunity for favorable timing and good position. So it's just re-emphasizing that point, really, about the feet, the legs, and the waist should act together. They're the important part in Tai Chi. So when you're doing the form, they're the things that are moving everything. Don't try and move things with anything else. Like, don't use your head <laughs> as the driving force for anything. I mean, your head position is important. Where the head goes, the body follows, undoubtedly. But you don't lead with your head. It's not the thing that's powering movement. And then it says that while advancing or withdrawing, you can take opportunity for favorable timing and good position. So I think what it's saying is that if you're moving in this particular way, you'll get opportunities against the other person because hopefully they won't be moving in that particular way and they'll be a bit more disordered than your, than your body is. That's a theory anyway. I mean, these things are always great in theory, aren't they? But um, especially the, when you read these classical... Chinese texts, it's very much like, if you do this, you will definitely win, <laughs> or you will have success no matter what. And, it, you know, real life is never like that. 
but you know that's just the way these things are always written the next part of the classic says if correct timing and position are not achieved the body will become disordered yeah so if you get this wrong it's not going to work and it will not move as an integrated whole the correction for this defect must be sought in the legs and waist again it's just re-emphasizing this point about the legs and the waist are the thing like if something's going wrong you're probably not using your legs and waist to power everything the principle of adjusting the legs and waist applies for moving in all directions upward downward advancing withdrawing left or right so again it's just it's just kind of re-re-emphasizing that again they like to say the same thing in various ways i guess so about halfway through let's move on to the the next bit of the classic so we've got all the movements are motivated by e and not external form so what is e um, now people usually translate this as intent um, but i think that just leads to confusion because i think people think of intent as someone who means to do business you know like they've got a mean look and they're you know I'm doing martial arts and I'm going to make a mean face and intimidate people with my martial intent and that's not what it's talking about really because E also means kind of mind so it's like mind intent so a closer English translation for someone just wanting to to bash your head in would be like their their will but what these lines are saying is that the guiding action for movement comes from your mind leading the body. So it's your internal self leading your external self. In Tai Chi Chuan, your Dantian leads the physical movement with your body kind of trailing behind. But we're also told that before that happens, the intuitive part of the mind starts the movement. So your Yi is kind of like your... your it's, a, it's a slightly connected to your sort of intuition, your... I quite often think about it as uh, thinking in directions. Like if you want to raise your arm up and you think up, your arm will often just go up. It's that sort of subconscious part of your mind that you have no access to that does something. Like your breathing is all automatic. You don't have to think about it. It's trying to tap into that side of your mind and integrate it into your movement, which if you're moving nice and slowly in a Tai Chi sort of way, when you've calmed the mind, the breathing's deep you can hopefully kind of access that feeling everything's a feeling in tai chi and it's the feeling of your internal self being melded with your external movement that we're talking about there i realize that's quite hard to explain but it just is one of those things that's hard to explain it's easy to intuitively grasp if you know what i mean um, it's like those esoteric books where they have to explain things with symbols because words don't really cut it. It's that kind of half in the uh, dream world and half out of it sort of feeling. Next part of the classic says, If there's up, there is down. When advancing, have regard for withdrawing. When striking left, pay attention to the right. So there, it's kind of um, this idea of being balanced, isn't it? Uh, balanced in movement. If... If you're going to do something to the left, don't neglect the right, otherwise you'll be double-weighted onto the left-hand side. Or if all your weight goes onto one side, you need to keep a bit of it somewhere else. It's a bit like this yin-yang idea. Each of the white fish and the black fish have a dot of the other one inside them. So they're not 
totally one thing and they're not totally the other thing they're a bit of each so there's a small amount of yin and the yang and a small amount of yang and the yin so in tai chi it's the same idea you want to kind of balance the force all over your body so that it's in harmony the next part of the classic says if the yi wants to move upward it must simultaneously have intent downward it's just more of the same same thing but there's a, there's also a kind of another meaning there which is like if you want to push up from the ground you kind of have to drop from the center downwards and then the force bounces back up into your hands so there's a kind of a relaxation involved in in yielding to something and then the force will instantly bounce back the classic goes on to say that alternating the force of pulling and pushing severs an opponent's root so that he can be defeated quickly and easily quickly and certainly well that's a bit like push hands isn't it you know if, if you can stay in harmony and in balance with this idea they just mentioned earlier on about um, not neglecting the left if you're on the right and all that kind of stuff and you're moving forward and backward you will hopefully as they move forward and backward you'll be more in balance and they'll suddenly become open to opportunities for uprooting them Full and empty should be clearly differentiated. And again, that, this is the idea, again, of balancing the force all over the body. There's always a bit left somewhere. If you're forward, there's always a bit left back. And if you're back, there's always a bit left forward. Full and empty should be clearly differentiated. At any place where there's emptiness, there must be fullness. Every place has both emptiness and fullness. The same idea again. How do you practice this in the form? Well, my tip on that would be as you do the form the question is where is the weight in your hands as you move around the form you can feel your body weight backing things up and where is the weight going and is it moving smoothly from one side to the other and back again or is it jerking from side to side is it stuck in one place as long as it's continually circulating that's the key and that's how you keep empty and full full being like as you say do a ward off your front hand becomes full you can feel the the power of your body in that hand you know and the other hand becomes empty and then then it swaps around you know so it just continually alternates so look for the feeling in your hands it shouldn't be full in both hands at the same time because that will be double weighted the whole body should be threaded together through every joint without the slightest break now I mentioned this right at the start, it's talking about threading the body together and it's just reiterating the same thing here. We get this same idea in older classics on martial arts, everything connected together. Long boxing is like a great river, rolling on unceasingly. So it says long boxing there, but I think that was just a term to refer to any connected sequence of movements that goes on for a long time, you know. So here it's talking about Tai Chi, but it could, it could be talking about other martial arts, really. But again, the analogy of a river, I think is perfect for the Tai Chi form, because, you know, it just rolls on unceasingly. There's no stopping, it's all continuous. There are fast bits and slow bits, but it's really all part of the same water, part of the same river. And then the final bit is just, it's like a bit of housekeeping, really. It lists all the things that go up to defining... Tai Chi, so it's got the eight energies, 
Peng Luji and Zai Li, Zhao and Cao. They're equated to the eight trigrams, and there's the first four of the cardinal directions, second four of the corners, and then it's got the five elements, which it relates to the footwork, you know, which is forward, back, left, right, central. And taken together, if you add these things up, you get to 13, and that's the 13 postures, which is another way of saying Tai Chi Chuan. So that's the end. It's, a, it's an interesting document. There's a lot of good stuff in there. I really like the, the bits about using the legs and waist. And the more you remind yourself about that when doing Tai Chi, the better. Also, the, the bit about differentiating empty and solid. It's a really good reference there for one of my favorite parts of Tai Chi, you know, which is, it goes beyond just, is my elbow in the right place? Is my shoulder in the right place? It's, it's more about the internal feelings as you do the form that you're circulating the energy around and it keeps moving and is constantly in balance. Not an easy thing to do, not an easy thing to explain on a podcast either. You know, if you demonstrate it, it's a lot easier to, to see. But again, it's hard to see on video, so it's, it's a lot easier if someone's talking to you and showing you this stuff. But hey, we're a podcast, so that's what we've got. Right, so I thought we'd finish off by just reading through the whole thing one more time. The Tai Chi classic. In motion, the whole body should be light and agile, with all parts linked as if threaded together. The Qi should be activated, the mind should be internally gathered. The posture should be rounded and without defect, without deviations from the proper alignment. In motion, your form should be continuous without stops and starts. The Jin should be rooted in the feet, generated from the legs, controlled by the waist, and expressed through the fingers. The feet, legs and waist should act together as an integrated whole, so that while advancing or withdrawing, one can take the opportunity for favourable timing and good position. If correct timing and position are not achieved, the body will become disordered and will not move as an integrated whole. The correction for this defect must be sought in the legs and waist. The principles of adjusting the legs and waist applies for moving in all directions, upward or downward, advancing or withdrawing, left or right. All movements are motivated by E and not external form. If there is up, there is down. When advancing, have regard for withdrawing. When striking left, pay attention to the right. If the E wants to move upward, it must simultaneously have intent downward. Alternating the force of pulling and pushing severs an opponent's route so that he can be defeated quickly and certainly. Full and empty should be clearly differentiated. At any place where there is emptiness, there must be fullness. Every place has both emptiness and fullness. The whole body should be threaded together through every joint, without the slightest break. Long boxing is like a great river, rolling on unceasingly. Mm-hmm.